Hello to a new episode of the Future Tribe podcast. Um, my name is Jermaine. And my name's Kelsey. Uh, we've got a bit of a different format. It's a new new episode, new season, new format. Joined by Kelsey on this episode and... Um, Moving forward, uh, we'll be joined by Kelsey as well. Uh, if you aren't familiar about who she is, uh, you'll see her very active in the Facebook group. Link down uh, in the description or, or you know, notes of wherever you're watching or listening to this episode. Um, I mentioned the change in format. We're doing something a little bit different, um, sort of reminiscent of the last week on Tuesday series that we used to do, um, where... We want to talk all things marketing, design, and business, um, just like we do in the Facebook group. Um, and we've got a lot of news this week, Kelsey. Um, I don't know if you've taken a look at what, we, what we're going to be talking about, but there's a bunch of uh, logo design, like redesigns, um, Twitter sort of stuffing up their whole app. Um, finally, we talk about the .au domain. Um, I've been I've been waiting out for it for probably the last eighteen months, and we're we're gonna get it soon-ish, but not soon enough. And then <laughs> a bunch of WordPress and um, acquisition news of businesses that are very important to us getting getting acquired. Um, so let's roll into that. Let's start off with uh, the new Shandon logo. Um, let me, let me make sure that anyone who's watching, we're going to be sharing the, uh, various things that we're talking about as they, as they come up. So, um, just hop on the video if you, if you want to look at what we're looking at. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast episode, you might have to, uh, we might have to watch it later on. Hopefully you won't miss out on too much. Um, what are your first thoughts, Kelsey? Um, well, actually, before we go into first thoughts, should we explain what brand new is for anyone that's not familiar oh, with the yeah. site, perhaps? Very good uh, spot. So brand new is one of my favorite places to look at sort of the most up-to-date news on logos, really. Logos, packaging design, um, they don't sort of venture too far away from that, which is which is lovely because it's nice and specific. Nice focused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, an awesome place. They've got their own podcast as well. Um, I can't say I've listened it to it sort too of a much. Community built, um, blog sort of thing. Is that how it started off where it was people sort of spotting different logos? In I the actually, wild? yeah, I don't know. I've heard of, I know there's like one main guy. I think his name's Armin. He posts a lot of this, a lot of, um, the various logos, but, um, I'm not sure if it's, I mean, now it is definitely community source. Like you can go in and add news and Armin adds his own news and you'll see sometimes where he sort of thought, oh, they've changed the logo, but realized, I mean, um, foreshadowing us talking about Hagen Das's rebrand. Um, as it turns out, Hagen Das was using their new logo um, in other uh, geographies, but not in the U.S., um, until recently. So, you know, it's sort of, uh, somewhat, somewhat community sourced, which is, which is nice. And, um, the comment section is full of really good comments, advice and feedback and reviews from quite experienced people as well. So even if you're uh, a graphic design student or learning logos and brand design, um, it's a fantastic place and a fantastic resource, but, 
Um, is is that how you would describe brand new? Does that cover all the positives in your eyes? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, and I mean, the only other thing is for me, I use a free version, so I don't get all of the information at the bottom, but I think it's only like two bucks a month or something if you do want to see that extra detail and really like delve into all that information. Yeah, because there's different, like Armin goes into his thoughts and um, really, I guess, extrapolates on just that simple sort of what starts as a, as a logo or redesign. Um, but like Kelsey mentioned, I think it's a few dollars. I do have a membership. I've been telling you, Kelsey, that <laughs> I'll get you a membership for a little while. We might have to organize that <laughs> soon so that you don't have to look at the, you know, just the, just the images. We'll get there at some point. It's kind of fun. I like make up my own story behind it when I watch when I look at them. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, jumping into it, uh, we've had this on the screen for for a little while now. It's the Shandon. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a complete logo redesign, I would say, um, or you know, mm-hmm. undesign. If you, depending on who you're talking to, they've gone for just the words Shandon. Yeah, I think my first comment when I saw it, it was yesterday or something, was it just makes me think of Chanel. It seems like the same font, the same thickness, and obviously it starts with that CH. So it's, I'm not sort of sure. I mean, it's in the same area, I suppose, of sort of being like luxury and fancy, so that works for them, but unsure. It seems like they're kind of just copying the same kind of words, Mark. Saying that, though, I mean, a lot of... Um higher-end luxury, though I guess Shandon, I wouldn't necessarily call, call Shandon a luxury brand, but they're part of Louis Vuitton, Moe Hennessy, so I guess they are a high-end beverage. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of them do, I mean, this this is somewhat uh, reminiscent of the Louis Vuitton, like the word mark for Louis Vuitton as well. Um, so not a huge departure in that sense. That's true. Um I'm kind of sad they got rid of that star, though. I, I'm liking that star. Well, but... this is one of those logos, I think, that they could have done a done a refresh, maybe even mm. pull, pulled out that, like, that the star and the sort of vague C shape with the trail of the tail of the star, they could have very easily pulled it aside, um, you know, expanded or enlarged those elements a little bit to make uh, the overall... Um, usefulness of it on sort of newer applications um a bit more viable because i think that that would be a big reason like if you ask me for what the shandon icon used to be i wouldn't be able to point it out um because it's yeah. a bit i don't know it, it is slight it is very minimal but it, it is a bit extra with sort of the shading and the shadowing um so i can see why they'd want to move away from it but not so far away. Plus, I, I mean, you could almost just get rid of the um, graphic details and keep that Shandon word mark, maybe thicken it a little bit, but you could have almost even done that, no? Yeah, I think so. Um, it'd be interesting to see the application of the old logo versus the new one on the wine bottles. Have you seen any versions of those? I haven't seen the old version. Um I mean, sideways going, going further down, yeah, and then they've changed the star here as well from what used to be a five-pointed star with a sort of a one of the points um, a bit bit sort of um, extruded. A shooting to, star kind of thing. Yeah, it's a shooting star vibe, but now they've gone to a, what is it, a seven-pointed star that, I don't know, looks like every other star. 
Mm. Where does where does Shandon come from? What's the actual country it's based good, in? Good question. Um, trying to just oh, reading a lot of through, countries in that. They have yeah, they have wineries everywhere. But I mean, I assume France, um, but I might be wrong. Uh, yeah, combined traditional French techniques. Not sure. I guess uh, it goes to show we're not really we're not really Shandon drinkers consumers <laughs> no i was just looking at that seven point star though thinking maybe it was this is a very australian thing to think but like southern cross star related or something but i don't think it's so australian. obviously not an australian brand so like, i'd be that yeah fit. <laughs> i'm 99 percent sure it's not australian but i might be wrong no i might be wrong it's definitely not moving further down they have some interesting elements um Obviously, I mean, we're not reading necessarily into their reasoning around this, but it's not immediately obvious. Okay, apparently it's map visualizations. And now at a high level, it's not making me connect, you know, map visualizations and alcohol, but... Mm. um, I wonder why they're going the map visualizations. I can't even speak. Um... Like, it would make sense, I think, if you had an alcohol brand that had so many variations and, like, different flavors that were, you know, if they made, like, tequila and they made vodka or something, and you sort of lean into their traditional locations for those drinks, but it's, you know, it's all sparkling, which I feel like everyone associates with, like, France, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know either. It's probably something that you could, we could read into, um... But looking at you, you did mention looking at the um, you know old ex, um, old logo application on the bottle. This is what it used to be, used to look like. Um, I mean, pretty pretty classic. Nothing necessarily too exciting. I've definitely seen uh, more interesting uh, bottles, alcoholic beverage bottles. Uh, here we go, side by side. Um, it doesn't look a little bit better, and I think. That- yeah, one of the map visualizations there in the background as well. Mm-hmm. That shape. Not that you'd look at it and go, "That's a map visualization." So. <laughs> well, it's but, very yeah. high level, isn't it? Yeah, that old one definitely looks dated compared to the new one. Um, but then, I mean, I think actually they've done it quite well. I was going to say that you do risk losing that sort of traditional, old, fancy kind of vibe when you do a brand refresh like this. But I think they've done it quite well to like keep that. Not super premium, but like premium enough that you're not just going to pick it up on a regular Saturday kind of thing. It's sort of special events and all of that. Yeah, they've still kept definitely. that vibe around the bottle, which is good. It is good, but then and then there's that star. The it, I, I I must say I do prefer the old star. I wish they'd kept that. And then Shandon, you want growing the on side. me? Uh, it's a star though. It doesn't really leave a lot of room for. Um, standing out in you know the alcohol bottle market or the alcohol market is very crowded. Um, That's true. And then that sideways, I guess. I guess the benefit of having this, having the um, logo sideways, is that it's much larger now. Um, though, I mean, going further down, they've. I think this application of um, you know a very, very. Uh, low contrast color palette, I would call it, is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or is it lower, like the gold to pink? Yeah, or it's just the, you know, it's very, it's consistently 
pink, like it's muted? very um, muted. Yeah, that's probably how I'd describe it. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I guess, you know, Shandon, I, I don't know the market, but I would assume they're not necessarily competing against many others. Um, mm. I have to say that pink is a very millennial pink, which is for somebody that's right in that demographic. Very that's nice probably what they're at. going for. The, <laughs> the bottle in the middle here is what stands out to be the most. I wish I saw, I wish more of the applications are like this where the name's just popping and so is that star. I think it looks very high-end. Uh, it definitely looks like the fancy end of what you're looking at. But, I mean, I would still go the pink one, personally. <laughs> so they've done their well, research well, they've, I think. Yeah, they're, they're sort of hitting that demographic. Um, here's some more up-close imagery for those who are watching um, the video. And then... Th- uh, I see is, what they've done. Yeah. When you pour it, it looks like it's... Well, you, you know, you can actually read it. <laughs> yeah, and it's much nice. bigger. Is... Actually, I think Coca-Cola and like some other brands do a very similar thing, don't they? But Coke has it, I think, going up yes. the can so that when yes. you're drinking it, it's... Ah, yeah. of course. Well, overall, I mean, it is it is another another logo that we've lost to the sans serif uh, simplified world that we're increasingly going into. Um, yeah. I think it definitely comes down to how they apply it as well. Like in first glance, when you just see Shandon in black and that's it, it's just like, well, what's the point? But seeing it in application and how they've used it on the bottles, I don't mind. Still confused with the the geographic maps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you look at this, like what we're looking at at the moment is an example of a, of a billboard, like transit railway um, billboard. And to me, um, it looks a bit same, same. Um, doesn't necessarily... I feel necessarily... like I just forget the brand as soon as I walk away. I just be like, oh, what was the brand? Like, I kind of remember some colours and stuff, but the brand itself... But not really. Yeah, it's quite I wouldn't recall. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, I see someone really happy. They've hit, you know, a tattooed person. They've hit the hit the multicultural sort of diversity angle. Um but then the Shandon bottle in this in these images are really quite small. Maybe maybe they're so well known and their market is, you know, so so tight and everyone's aware of you know every Shandon buyer has is already aware of Shandon and already buying Shandon. Maybe, but mm. um, yeah, I it's it's okay I would say. And then um, interesting. Interesting. There's some interesting comments as as we as we mentioned um, before. You can you can check out the brand new comments as well into some other opinions. But I don't know. Um, what would you rate it if you had to rate this as a oh, as a rebrand um, as a rebrand that well as a rebrand and then as a new logo? How would you mm. or, or a new new brand? How would you sort of rate rate them? I feel like it's a bit of a tough one because looking at all of the marketing material they had and the imagery they were using, it looks quite young and fun, which makes me think that they're trying to shift from that captured audience that you said they've probably already got, which I imagine is a much older demographic, and maybe they're really trying to get that younger demographic who would respond to something simple like this versus that older, almost like 90s kind of design style. So I feel like if they're going for that younger maybe even younger than like millennial, I'd probably say like 
I can't even rate it. Seven out of ten, maybe. Mm. Um, they haven't had to do too much, but like you don't have to do too much sometimes, as long as you get the supporting marketing right and the supporting branding right. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see whether you sort of see them more in um, liquor stores and things, or if they sort of die out a little bit. Not that they die out, but you know. Yeah, if they stay a bit more static than perhaps they mm. would have wanted to be. Um, yeah, 7 out of 10. I mean, I'd probably go like 6. Um, that's to say that it's not it's not bad. So, you know, it's not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit in the middle, but if I, if, you know, it's, it's okay. Um, it's a little bit better than okay, maybe, but, um, nothing too interesting or exciting there. Um, very much the classic, um, rebrand that we've seen of established brands these days, where they're going to the sans serif, where they're going to something a bit more hip and vibrant and millennial, though, at least we didn't see, you know, a color palette similar to Dropbox, where every single bright color is a part yeah. of their color palette. And, you know, you get lost in just a lot of nothing. But um, yeah. I mean, I think you'd get a bit concerned if a champagne and that kind of realm sparkling wine company started introducing bright colors because then you'd be like, all right, how much sugar is in this? How crazy am I going to get after after I drink this? Like, what's going to happen to me? If you keep them muted, though, it really, like, lines up with what you're actually drinking. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think I think um, you've got some good points there. So it sounds like you're a bit more of a fan than uh, <laughs> I am, perhaps. I, I probably fall into their demographic, though. So when I was looking at all the imagery, I was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of cool. doesn't say a lot, and I probably wouldn't remember it if I wasn't looking at it deeply now, but I don't mind it. Yeah, okay. Um, moving on, um, I'm trying to decide whether we should talk about the uh, Twitter redesign or not. Um, I mean, I'd like you to explain it to me because I'm not really a Twitter fan and I don't use Twitter, so I'm not super across what they've redesigned. All I know is that there was a big backlash. Yeah. Can okay. Talk me through like what's happened. Cool. Let's let's take a look at it. So this I actually spotted um, from the Verge. Um, if you don't read the Verge, I definitely suggest uh, changing your life and starting to watch their YouTube channel <laughs> and, and reading reading the Verge. But um, essentially, their headline reads: Twitter is changing the contrast of buttons again after complaints of eye strain. So the general. Um, sort of consensus here is that they came up with a very intense color palette um, where if you look into, um, let me just click through and see if there's a good sort of visual representation of it all. Here we go. Um, let me just change that over. So if I show you That's what interesting, I'm looking um... at. Just looking at that tweet that it said um, changing the colors to make images and things stand out more. That's almost like, I mean, we we discussed in the office the other day about Instagram switch shifting away from photo sharing. I wonder if Twitter's sort of looking at their media approach and how they sit in that market. Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned you're not really on Twitter. Neither am I. I yeah. go on Twitter every once in a while to... Um, um, message, you know, Samsung support or uh, one of the support channels because um, it's so public that they tend to get back to you within 24 hours. Um, um, but I don't know. I mean, Twitter, there's clearly, clearly still a market for it. I'm, I've never been a huge user. Uh, I think, you know, 
a lot of journalists are on there. So may, maybe maybe we're missing something or we're not mm. quite the demo. But this is an example um, of the And I mean, this is in particular in Australia. Yeah. Yes. Because, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure that it ever really took off too much in Australia, but definitely in America you see it being used a lot. Yeah, definitely. It's much bigger over there. Um, still, j- journos over here in Australia use it a use it a fair bit. Um, but this is the yeah. uh, redesign that they were talking about. Very high contrast, as you can see, Kelsey. Uh, if you're not uh, watching the video, um, it's they've just gone. I would say that's probably outright black buttons, black text, um, and mm-hmm. then a lot of white. So there's no, there's not a lot of shades of colors. Um, it's just the Twitter blue black, a grey, and I'm not spotting any other colours, are you? No. Um, I mean, I'm trying to figure out what the issue is at the moment, actually, looking at these, because they look fine to me. But, again, I, I'm not usually used to the interface of Twitter. So. Well, what the issue's been is that because of the high contrast, when you're looking at it, like when you're looking at just a screenshot, you don't really get that impact. But then imagine seeing this, like scrolling through and everything's just black, white, like everything's really stark. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that just puts a lot of pressure on your eyes because there's no hierarchy there, right? So images stand out, but then everything else, images and buttons stand out, everything else is just lost. Like everything Mm -hmm. else is jumbled in together and that's that's really the issue. Um, they also launched with it a new typeface called Chirp. Um, pretty cute, cute name at least. Um, yeah. But you know, it's it's um, generally been yeah not not well received. They've gone back to the drawing board. They're sort of changing things around a little. Uh, again, um, there's talks about it not being a very accessible sort of website any anymore. Um, there's reports of people getting eye strain, headaches, and migraines due to the high visual contrast. Which I mean, you're spending too much time on the app then if you're getting that. <laughs> I wonder if it's like the app or, <laughs> um, or if it's the website that's worse. Um, well, there you go. I haven't. I'm not on Twitter, as you can see. Well, not not, what not I often enough to see. To be, um, signed up, but mm. um, I guess this is a reminder to look at contrast ratios. I, I think you know balance, balancing it up, and um, we always talk about this in the office. Talk about what what things are shouting out. Is there a hierarchy? Are, is everything shouting together? Well, if everything's shouting together, um, imagine a room full of a hundred people shouting. You're not going to notice anything or notice anyone. So it, mm-hmm. it's it's I guess a bit of a lesson in you know. balancing out a whole color palette and taking an intentional sort of approach to design there. Um, The next thing moving on um, is news that I'm very, I've been so excited about this for so long. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think I probably mention it uh, every other week at the office. um, (laughs) Yeah. Biding my time. And, I thought um, you were just making stuff up for a while because I was like, I'm not hearing anything about this. <laughs> Clearly well, not, though. And, and, and what it is is that the um, .au, then they're calling it .au Direct. Uh, this is uh, a newsletter directly from the Australian Domain Authority or administrators, whatever they call themselves. And um, essentially, uh, they're announcing that 
from the 24th of March, 2022, we'll be able to access a new domain namespace that instead of .com.au, you can just get a .au, um, which is about time. I think I noticed the other day that New Zealand has a .nz. Um, so I don't know why it's taken us this long. It was originally supposed to happen earlier this year, and then they blamed COVID, they blamed coronavirus for um, not um, launching it, which I don't really know how the coronavirus affected it. But to be but to be fair, I don't really know what the inner workings of um, releasing a .au domain um, are. Um, and then when we go into it, you know, if you've already got a .com.au, you'll be prioritized. You'll be allowed to get an exact name match. Um, so you'll be able to get your .au uh, versus, you know, someone else getting it um, off you or sort of stealing it off you. Um, they actually backdated that cutoff date so that you can't register a domain now to just get the .au in the future. Um, so essentially, you know, I assume that'd be a three to six month period. Um, and, you know, they mentioned here that it will bring Australia in line with many, many other countries, including the UK, Canada, US and New Zealand. So about time. Um, yeah. Does that um, follow the same rules as .com.au in that you have to have a registered business to get an AU? Uh, I don't think you need to have a registered business to get an AU. I think um, you might need to prove residency potentially. Um, okay. But uh, but I assume if anything, it would make it even more um, that they'd even, you know, ramp up the rules a little bit and make it a bit tighter to, to get, um, a dot AU. Um, but as they mentioned here, you know, dot com AU will continue to function. Um, and then they do mention, you know, eligible people will continue to be able to register new, um, domains under com AU, org AU and so on and so forth. Um, and, uh, yeah, they go into here, you know, priority status to register the exact match of the existing domain. Um, and you'll get six months to do this commencing in March, 2022. Um, all I can say is about time and I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a bunch. I mean, I, I would, I would say that if you've got a .com .au, you, you should probably use that six months to decide to definitely get a, get a .au, mm. um, um, it'll be interesting to sort of see whether the general public who maybe aren't aware of .au, whether they'd see .au and assume that it's a typo or something for a little while. Like, I wonder if there'll be a bit of a change process of people trusting .au over .com.au. Oh, for sure. I, I think, I think, I mean, I still see people including the www. you know, um, and we haven't needed to do that yeah. for a long time because most websites just um, um, revert to a www.less version of it, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I think I even do that sometimes. <laughs> Definitely guilty. <laughs> um, and, yes, and you work in this space somewhat, so um, I, I, mm -hmm. I, I think there will be a bit of a bit of a period where people will sort of imagine, just, just, just assume that you forgot the .com part of .com.au and... Um, um, at yeah. least for the first six months, it wouldn't matter too much because you get, you have a chance to register get your, both anyway. 
yeah, alternative. Um, mm-hmm. But I could imagine, you know, longer term, like someone going to futuretheory.au and if we miss, you know, if we don't renew .com.au, you know, does that then become the property of, which it would become the property of whoever chooses to buy it if we don't choose to renew it? Um, is this a mm. case of, you know, are we are we just doubling how much um, companies have to spend or individuals have to spend yeah. to maintain I was just their, thinking that because yeah. you wouldn't want to lose .com.au because so many people will still be familiar with that for probably years, let's be real. And if you're switching to just AU, all of a sudden you're going to have issues with somebody sort of stealing your name or damaging your identity or whatever. Like there's so many different things that could pop up from that. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. And saying that though, I'm just thinking um, I've seen a lot of .ca sites and a .nz sites, but I've only seen .co.uk and I don't think I've ever mm. seen a .us or I've never visited a .us site. Oh, Zoom. Now, isn't US just .com? No, no, it's .us. Uh, .com is just um, commercial. In, like it stands for, I think it's short form for commercial. Zoom US. Um, so Zoom's the only recognizable uh, company using a .us domain. Um, but yeah, I wonder if, Maybe I'm just really close to it, so I'm the only one who's excited about a .au release and no one else is holding out for it. Mm. I mean, I feel like it opens up some new opportunities if the name's not already taken in .com.au to do, you know, a lot of companies will use the AU as, like, part of the name. I think it opens up a little bit there. I mean, like, one I can think of, uh, they're not an Australian company, I don't think, but Tableau is what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. I think that ends in an AU, so they could use that oh. for .au. Okay. I don't think they're Australian, though, so that doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, it could be a, f- you know, cool um, use of, like, you know, dot, like the dot .ly or the dot .ios yeah. of this world. Um, may- maybe maybe you're onto something. Maybe it'll create this new sort of um, um, waterfall of companies with a dot .au. Um, mm. Though, not many words in English end with dot .au. No. It would definitely have to be a unique business name that's not really an actual word mm. I think for it to work like Tableau for example that's not yeah. obviously a word yeah um, yeah so. interesting um, moving on to the next one Yoast SEO gets acquired by Newfold Digital now I saw this and I'd be lying if I said that this hasn't caused a lot of concern in my world and and in the in the sort of circles that I'm a part of uh, in the online world, um, um, has this had sort of any impact in <laughs> in your sphere, Kelsey, as someone who doesn't necessarily I mean, work on yeah. WordPress sites too much? For me, I'm not even a hundred percent sure what it really means. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be great mm-hmm. if you could explain it, because to me, it's just like if some company has—I mean, I know of Yoast, yeah. but you know, a company has been acquired by another company. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> well, okay. So the problem here isn't so much the acquisition. Um, companies get, as as you as you sort of insinuated, it's just one company buying another company. It sort of doesn't really matter. Um, but my concerns here are so Yoast SEO for those who don't know are very trusted, probably the biggest, most trusted um, SEO or search engine optimization plugin on WordPress in the world. Um, They've got 140 employees maintaining a plugin that, you know, people can use for free 
and choose to pay for. So that that gives an idea of what sort of scale um, and and how trusted they are. Um, this is from WP Tavern. They've been um, they've been acquired by Newfold Digital, um, and so the issue here is who Newfold Digital is um, more than the fact that Yoast has been acquired. Um, so if we look into it a little bit further, um, Newfold Digital, as you can tell from their website, uh, have, what is that, like uh, 18 Jeez. different, um, and those are just the ones that they've, you know, they, they've put on here. So they haven't mentioned Yoast on here mm -hmm. yet, for example, so they might be others. There's a lot of host names in there. Um, oh, yeah, and, and some really established names. I mean, Crazy Domains, which is... Mm -hmm. um, Australian, or there's an Australian counterpart, domain.com, web.com, Bluehost, um, Vodian, like all these are names that, I mean, at least half of these names I'm familiar with. Um, but Newfold Digital is actually um, formerly Endurance International Group, EIG. Um, if you've ever heard of Bluehost, which is... Um, Everywhere when you're looking for web hosting, because they they got really cheap deals, you would have heard of EIG, and now now they're called Newfold Digital. These guys are not not known for their uh, good business practices. Let's put it that way. Um, mm. And so the fact that they've acquired Yoast, a plugin that I've trusted basically every single website um, WordPress website I've built, you know, has been trusted with Yoast. Um, the fact that it's you know, they're an open source, they're on an open source platform, which is WordPress. Um, and suddenly they're being taken, uh, bought by this company who's known for trying to milk as much money out of their customers as possible. So it makes me wonder like, Jeez. are we going to have to go back and, you know, remove Yoast and install a different SEO alternative? There are other alternative plugins coming up like rank math, but, um, Yoast is just so simple. Um, yeah, so you I mean, think they're going to affect how Yoast sort of operates as a company? I would be surprised if they don't. I mean, they haven't disclosed yet um, how much they've purchased Yoast for, um, but um, I think they're going to want to make some money back. <laughs> mm, so um, they're going to start integrating it. You know, they're going to start saying, okay, you can, what you, you used to be able to do for free, you, you need to pay us for and, and so on and so forth. Um, some of the comments here sort of get into how much of, you know, musical chairs is going on in this world. Um, you know, this person here talking about the fact that they're not a fan of the business practices of EIG um, and that they've changed names and that he's doubting that they, that much actually changes um, past the name here. Um, so this is a bit of a heads up for any of you building <laughs> WordPress sites or have, you know, if you have WordPress sites, I'm not saying I have a better alternative. In fact, that's what I'm, why I'm sort of scared. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess that's why they would have been so keen to take it on because then they do sort of have that massive market share and they'll just have that power to be able to be like, all right, start paying us or... Good luck finding something else. Exactly. Oh, it, it, it's 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 um, it's a monopoly, and not 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 because. And this is the thing, though. It's not a monopoly because they force install themselves or make it hard to you know 
um, remove Yoast. It doesn't even come like pre-installed on WordPress. Um, they've got such a monopoly just by being so good. Um, and, and, um, the team behind has been trusted for so long, but, um, I hope, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a year or two years down the line, the, the original sort of CEO and the core team, the guys who founded and run Yoast decide to leave for bigger and better things. Um, and, um, you know, they've got like right here, it says they've got over 12 million active installations of Yoast. Um, Jeez, that's a lot. That is a lot. That is, if everyone in Australia had a had a WordPress oh, site, um, half the population would be using Yoast. So it's not small at all. Um, no. But uh, it's, it's I guess, you know, the world of business, um, the world of WordPress. So just something I wanted to make sure that we're, we're, we talk about it <laughs> and it's a bit of a heads up. Um, mm. We will, of course, as we as if we find a better alternative, we're going to talk about that. But at this stage, just be aware that this has happened. In the past, it's t- it takes 12, 18, 24 months for a, the company who's just acquired another company to you know let the dust settle and start really ratcheting up how much money they want to milk out of you. So maybe we have a bit of time, um, but this is maybe an <laughs> Somebody opportunity Somebody start developing map. a competitor. Get on it. <laughs> maybe, maybe Rank Map mm. is it, and I, I need to try it out again. I haven't given it a chance um, in the last two years. So um, moving on to another, another acquisition. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely give it another go. Another acquisition. Um, Podit. Have you heard of Podit? No, I haven't. So Podit is a, um, well, used to uh, allow you or help you with finding guests for your podcast. Um, here's the article from PR Week. Um, Podit had a Facebook group, um, had, you know, they've, they've supposedly, um, I think it was, they had about six and a half thousand members, which is nothing to sneeze at. Um, it was only mm-hmm. founded Q1 last year, so... You know, okay. they really, really ramped it up. They had a website. We've we've found guests. I've been invited to be guests on different podcasts thanks to Podit. But um, it's recently been acquired by Podmatch. Um, and this I wanted to talk about not so much because it's an acquisition of another company, but um, I think it raises interesting sort of um, questions about podcasting and um, podcasting sort of has been around for a little while. It's, I would say, you know, over the last few years, it's in the mainstream. And now we are starting to see a bit of, bit of consolidation of companies that provide podcasting or podcasting mm-hmm. affiliate Especially services. from the pandemic, I'd say. That's like sped up. Absolutely. People listening to podcasts. And I mean, for me, I got so on board with podcasts during the first sort of wave or two. So yeah, I mean, definitely yeah. room there. Well, this is a company called like, Pod it just was started up um, as the pandemic was starting up. So, um, mm, and time. then to be, oh, <laughs> great time. And then to be sold is obviously um, just shows how big podcasting has become. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, yeah, I just, I just wanted to bring it up and, and sort of um, put it out there. I, I, I thought that Pod it, um, the, the team behind Pod it did a really fantastic job. Brent, who's the the founder, they were sort of um, changing um, and optimizing the app um, um, very regularly. Um, I do wonder, though, you know, as as we as the pandemics become just part of life, whether 
um, people are listening to podcasts as much and whether they're, they're exiting just as a lot of these other companies start to exit. Like, um, there have been a lot of high ticket purchases and acquisitions of podcasting related services like Spotify buying anchor and so on and so forth. Um, and that was like in the middle of the pandemic, not that, not that we're out of it yet, but, um, would you agree Kelsey that we've sort of that, 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 that buzz around podcasting has waned off a little bit since like peak pandemic. I actually think I disagree. I would say that people, I mean, I think there was probably a bit of a spike during the pandemic where people really got on board with podcasts and went, hey, this is cool. Like, I've never really looked at this because they got bored of, I don't know, watching Netflix or whatever. And I think now people would likely be, you know, looking for podcasts on their drive to work or, you know, where they would previously just put on the radio or put on a playlist, they're probably now more turning to podcasts. Like I know I do that a bit and I'm pretty sure you do it more in the form of YouTube videos, but same sort of concept where you're wanting to actually listen and take in a lot of things. Um, and I think about, I think I've talked to a few friends about this actually, and they've all sort of said the same thing where they'll listen to the podcast like on their lunch break or on the way to work or sitting on the train because you might have, you know, an hour to kill or something. Obviously this is like Melbourne or Sydney or wherever you are, but yeah, right. So you think time. It, it sped up adoption and then those individuals who got the habit of listening to podcasts aren't necessarily, you know, losing that habit. They're keeping it. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe it speaks for the, the consolidation of podcasting more than, you know, the fact that we just, we, we're going to see more of these different entities merge and become one as um, podcasting becomes a bit more, a bit less spiky, a bit less hot, but still very much relevant. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, I think a lot of people are jumping on a bit late with creating podcasts as well. Like I know that there's been, I think I follow a few influencers on Instagram, for example, and some of them have started up podcasts in the last few months, which is probably a bit late to be jumping on it, but you know, there's still definitely demand. And I think there's still people keen to get involved in that. Hmm. Hmm. Moving on to um, some more WordPress news. Uh, WordPress cracking down on the use of the WP. So, um, if your, you know, Yoast is the is is one plugin that doesn't use WP, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a plugin out there called WP SEO. Um, the biggest one that comes to mind is WP Rocket, um, which is a caching plugin that is quite mainstream um, and Essentially, people have found that when they push a new plugin, a new WordPress plugin with the WP in their name and slug, um, they're getting rejected or they were getting rejected. Um, this guy, Joe Youngblood, which is such a cool name. What a name. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just have to mention that. Um, on Friday, Friday the 13th, so less than a week ago, um, was horrified. I mean, horrified is, I think... A bit too dramatic for this instance, but yeah. it was just... Can I just say that whole sentence, Joe Youngblood had an unpleasant surprise on Friday the 13th and was horrified. <laughs> That's a lot. It's, it's very dramatic. Um, and I'm not yeah. saying it's necessarily... I mean, this is from a website called Koi Wolf. So, um, koiwolf.news. Maybe, maybe... Really leaning into the spooky stuff, aren't they? Oh, and quite... I mean, I'm going to say it's a bit sensationalist, but... Um, <laughs> 
This is more interesting, again, talking about Yoast in the past, or just, just a few minutes ago. Um, because, like, so WP um, essentially is a trademark of Automatic, um, which is a company founded by Matt Mullenweg, the guy who created WordPress. WordPress has WordPress.com and WordPress.org. We've written heaps of articles about it and, you know, um, talked about it and gone on about it in the past. Um, but essentially, WordPress.com is a is a company, is a for-profit company, and then WordPress.org is a open source project. Um, I've always felt weird because they've owned the, they've, they've had a restriction on um, the use of, uh, I think it's the use of the name or the word WordPress um, has been somewhat controlled, especially on domain names. I think they've had it trademarked for a while. And now the same thing's happening with WP. Um, so, this again is just to keep you WordPress developers and builders and people who have WordPress sites um, um, on notice a little bit, just to say there's some interesting things happening. Um, Automatic has bought, you know, WooCommerce. And again, there's a bit of consolidation happening here that might not necessarily be a, a good thing is, is, is what I'm saying. I think um, when there's an open source, um, service uh, platform that is so significant, so big, such a, you know, like WordPress is, um, when for-profit companies get involved, they have to be for-profit and, you know, they have a certain set of priorities. Um, and this might seem small, but you know, why, why, like, I, I, I don't know what, why do you need to lock down the use of the term WP, like the two letters WP. Yeah. I was just trying to think through that because, I mean, I can sort of see two sides. One side, you've got WP and all these developers using WP and people recognize WP as WordPress. So that's just like free advertising, really. On the other hand, you've got all these rogue people using your sort of brand and then it's like you don't have that control over your brand as WP. So it sounds like they're really just trying to gain control of their brand, given they're so large now. Maybe previously they didn't feel like they should be doing that because they were, I don't know, still building or something. I mean, they've been a massive company for quite a while, but maybe now they've just gone, all right, let's take control of our brand and stop other people using it as WP or whatever form. But potentially, I mean, um, I, I just looked it up, Charitable. So he, he uh, interviewed one of the co-founders of Charitable and their domain is WPCharitable.com. Com, I believe, um, yeah, .com. Um, so, you know, they've been using WP for a long time. Um, I don't know what you would find if you go to charitable.com without the WP, but, you know, if they were to really start enforcing it, um, I just I just think it's not quite, not quite, f f fair is the wrong word, but I think it's, um, you know, it's a bit aggressive, Um is, are they is stopping people that already have WP or is it just new registers? Um, looking through it, so uh, th they've broken down some of the things that, that we're aware of, um, um, of, you know, when it comes to this WP. Um, what they're saying is that three months ago, the WordPress <laughs> Foundation um, requested that the volunteer team block plugins from using the term WP at the start of their name. Um, 
the WordPress Foundation itself doesn't don't have any legal rights to the term WP, only WordPress, um, because WP is owned as a trademark in a few other industries. Um, and then, um, despite that, the plugin team started block blocking um, plugins using WP. So that includes um, plugins also that like WP Mail SMTP um, because it starts with WP, which is again a plugin that we've we've used a fair bit. Um, and then apparently there are various legal teams hashing it out. Um, so it's not necessarily that they've got the the word the trademark yet, but um, potentially they're trying to. Get it? Um, in 2010, Matt Mullenweg um, established the WordPress Foundation and then took ownership of the trademark WordPress. And then um, people just stopped using the the, the the word WordPress in the URL. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, it doesn't seem to be clear yet. It's I don't think anyone's actually um, come out and said, okay, you can't use it, but you know, it's, it's sort of like it hasn't passed as a law at a high level, but then every, for all intents and purposes, it's, it's being blocked because if the plugin team, you like, if you can't push a plugin with, with WP in it, you might as well not be able to like, it, 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 it might as well just be a rule, right? Like, yeah, there's nothing, there's, there's no point. Um, yeah, it's, um, Interesting, and it mentions here that the WordPress Foundation holds the WordPress trademark, not automatic. So, um, yeah, again, a bit messy because the WordPress Foundation is a not-for-profit organization. Automatic is a for-profit company that, you know, wants mm. to make money. Automatic, I think, potentially, I might be wrong, but I'm fairly sure Automatic even owns Tumblr. Um, so, you know, they're, they're very much a so real yeah, company. Yeah, who bought Tumblr? Am I just really uh, behind on that? Yeah, um, it's been sold. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I, I can confirm. Um, I mean, um, I kind of forgot Tumblr existed to be honest, because I don't, don't know who really uses it anymore. No, a lot of a lot of people have forgotten about it. <laughs> um, and it's all it also automatic also owns Long Reads, which is um, a like a storytelling platform that um, I know had some popularity at least at one point. So. Um, Oh, this is funny. I'm just looking at I'm just looking at the automatic site. Let me let me share that in this tab. Um, and uh, funny enough, there's WP Job Manager, which is probably a WordPress. Yeah, there you go, a WordPress um, plugin that is owned by Automatic. So I wonder if we're going to see that change um, moving forward as well, because you would assume that um, you want to have a consistent rule. Um, ruling across across everything for everyone so um yeah i think i think that's a little funny though um, yeah it's interesting mm, moving on to the next one um do you eat much ice cream kelsey uh i do love a bit of ice cream just a Can't bit or a lot I, <laughs> mm, i'm trying to limit myself but it's not going very well especially now that we're in a pandemic in lockdown, yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially more recently. Sorry, lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> do you have um, Do you have Hagen Dazs much? Uh, I mean, it's a bit fancy for me. Yeah, I it usually is, go the cheap like Coles or Woolies kind of brand. Um, 
to be honest. <laughs> and sometimes splash out and treat myself, but not usually with Hagen Dazs. Yeah, Hagen Dazs. I mean, it's a pretty big company. It's、um, established in 1960. I think every, basically everyone's aware of Hagen Dazs.、Um, they've recently refreshed their branding.、Um, As you can see here, we're back on brand brand news website to talk about this.、Um, this logo, though, seems to have been used elsewhere quite extensively in other other geographies that isn't the U.S.、Um, it's also paired with this nice little packaging refresh here as well.、Um, the The general look and feel is、um, looking the same. Um, more or less.、Um, I don't know. What, what do you What do you think? I quite like it.、Um, I like that they've added a bit more spacing around the word mark.、Um, I don't know. It's. I'm kind of sad that they lost the gold because it's fancy. But then, like the dark brown is also quite a fancy kind of feel and is more natural and like food coloured. I suppose. Yeah, it is more muted.、Um, they've done a good job though with the newer graphics.、Um, I love if we're looking at the packaging at the moment、um, for those who are just listening, and they've got、um, a example of、um, the like the strawberry, for example, is a nice like they used to have photography that had the fruit of the strawberry,、um, but they've now just made it a bit more. Tasteful,、uh, pun intended.、Um, <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> and、um, the graphics, I think, are a lot more modern.、Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the differentiation across the three that we're looking at at the moment, which is strawberry, pistachio, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce that because I'm terrible at pronouncing things.、Um, but yeah, sort of having that pink, green, and、um, caramel kind of colour, I really like that they've tied that up together. Yeah, and that's beautiful. Oh, and there's little strawberries in the artwork. Yeah, I didn't see that. it's a really nice refresh. Hmm. Though I would say I that、like、if you know Hagen Dazs wanted to lose their their design, um, and just have a word mark, they're probably one company that could get rid of like the the little graphical detail if they wanted to. Oh. Um, I don't know. I think、uh, I really like that they've kept it and they haven't gone to、um, like the Shandon too much、style. Shandon-esque. Yeah, yeah, because they've really kept the same imagery, the same overall feel of it, but they've just changed the colours and added more spacing. It's like the right level of redesign without re- refresh. What's、well, a refresh? Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't yeah. even redesign it, which is、um, which is fantastic. And I think yeah, what they've done with this artwork. I'm a huge fan. I think it's very tasteful. Again,、mm-hmm. if, with the pun, but、um, <laughs> and everything's just just right. If you, if、yeah. you ask me, actually, looking at the white chocolate raspberry one we're looking at at the moment, it's um it's showing like it's got gold edging on the lines, which is cool.、Mm. So it's kind of kept that gold from the old logo. Without needing to have it in the actual logo, so they've still sort of kept that style a little bit. The general、nice. look and feel is still, yeah, Hagen Dazs.、Um, this is, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, if I had to rate this, I'd give it a nine. Personally,、mm. I think 
they've yeah, done I feel almost eight or nine. yeah they've done almost everything perfectly mm-hmm. um, almost um, but yeah they've done a very good job all they have to do is uh, reduce their prices so that we can eat it eat Hagen Dazs <laughs> yeah. a lot more and I would give it a ten yeah. out of ten well maybe I'll consider it more with this new branding it is a oh, lot gosh. prettier I was just looking at that gold one it looked really low quality oh maybe that's because it's a gif okay that <laughs> makes sense potentially potentially yeah. um but yeah you can see in this example like they've just neatened things up a little bit and tightened things up a little bit yeah cleaner lines as well i think the old one has a very uniform stroke width the new one very has like some variation in it some parts of it like the loop for example yeah. That's nice. A bit more organic. It's just these subtle details. Um, and then just the spacing is a lot nicer um, with mm. with the whole shape and the graphic. I like it. And the last thing I wanted to cover, um, do you read Gorka? Have you read Gorka, Kelsey? I can't say I have. Um, the name sounds somewhat familiar, but no. I mean, I'm sure there will be people in the audience um, who are a lot more aware of what Gorka is than I am. Um, but from what I can tell and from what I've found is that Gorka is a, essentially a blog. It used to be really popular. People used to read it all the time. I uh, fell out of favor a little bit from what I've seen. You know, the types of things they used to sort of cover would definitely not fly these days. Um, would it, isn't the kind of content that people would... At least, at least, let's put it this way: there, there, there might be an audience for it, but there's also there will be a group who would, um, who would cry out against Gorka. Um, anyway, from, um, again, from brand new, um, they've shown this refresh. Um, this is this is to, for me at least one instance where. You know, about time um, is <laughs> all I can shocking. say. I don't think I saw that old logo. That's dreadful. It is horrible. Saying that, though, I, I do wonder if they could have kept the box, like this, this a similar approach and mm. created a more minimal version rather than going in a, again, the Shandon-esque. This, this one's a bit more, has a bit more personality, but it's really just a, a direction that, I don't know, it just seems to be very commonplace nowadays, especially on blogs and magazines. Yeah, it's definitely that same modern approach. Everything's sort of falling into the same line, I guess. I mean, anything's an improvement on the old one, though. Like, there's not a single colour in that old one that's nice to look at. That's really <laughs> yeah, and me. the contrast ratios are off. Um, yeah. I actually wonder what what the application of that logo, the old logo, would have been or looked like in the past. But again, maybe I, I'm not across Gorka as or aware of Gorka as much um, as maybe I should be. Um, so maybe it, it, it's such an old um, such an old blog that. Back at one point, it was it was um, very relevant and very sort of on trend. Maybe early two thousands, late nineties. I don't know. Um, looking at their website though, now to me, like their logo was fine, but this website, oh man, I am not <laughs> a fan. Um, especially like 
I mean, this this is a single post, is what we would call it. So this is just a welcome to Gorka from um, a letter from the editor. Um, oh, this isn't the homepage. No. So let me jump to the homepage. Oh, so like I was looking at on my screen, and it was yeah, I was seeing that, and I was like, why does this look so different? Yeah. yeah. So this is the homepage. Um, uh, just I don't know. I'm. I'm confused. There's a lot of fonts. There's a lot of colors. There's, it's it's doing a lot and doing nothing at the same time. I think this is, this is sort of, the the bad Twitter redesign on another <laughs> level. Like if you took Twitter's mm. redesign with a high contrast, and then just added more fonts, <laughs> I think that's where we end up with. You know, it's doing that thing that I mentioned with um, color palettes with like a whole bunch of bright colors as well. Um, it's a bit all over the place. It's quite a brutalist sort of approach. It fits within the grid. Fantastic. But, you know, just cause you, I, I love grids. Don't get me wrong. It's so organized and so perfect, but, um, it's what they're doing within these grids. Like, I just don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, I think on like first impression, it's difficult to understand what's happening. But I would probably say if you were a regular reader of Gorka, you'd probably adjust this pretty quickly. Because um, like looking at this more and more, you're like, okay, I can see that there's the heading is the center, associated image on the left, and then like a little bit more info on the right. And then there's kind of some like extra words for whatever reason. I mean, obviously the author's in there, but like... <laughs> I love the extra words for whatever reason. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at Chomp Chomp and I'm sort of like, okay, I thought maybe that was a category. It could still be a category. I'm pretty sure in the menu system, they've got a category that's literally just Chrissy Tigan. Um, Tigan. Tigan. Is it Tigan? It's Tigan. Yes. There was a big thing where she corrected it one day because nobody pronounced it right, but it's Tigan. (laughs) Right. Although knowing me, I've probably stuffed up that pronunciation anyway. So looking at the menu, yeah, there's Chrissy Tigan, there's NASA. Um, yep. let me see what's, and I'm not oh, sure whether they're categories. Th- no, that is literally a link to the NASA site. Um, All right. <laughs> this is a link to, this is still on site. So this is going to a slash Tigan tales. So maybe it's like a Chrissy Tigan. Mm, that's interesting. Cause she definitely got like canceled across a lot of social channels. Maybe they're. Yes. Trying to revive her or something. Is Gawker a parody site? No, I'm pretty sure it's real, but it's like, um, <laughs> I think it just takes that sort of modern approach of, from what I understand, looking at this, that modern approach of media where it's like, yes, it's news, but also we're going to inject our personality into this and you're going to get sort of more opinion news than just like facts. Because so giving you the facts is a bit boring. Yeah, it's a place you go where you like want to know details, but you're also like, it's entertainment at the same time, but not being like women's weekly kind of vibe of just like pure trash. At least yeah. there's like potentially some editorial integrity, maybe. Although saying that I haven't read anything, so I could be way off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's what it's just, I just don't know what's going on. And okay, granted I am not the regular reader, but I, I think um, most, if not all, websites and brands should try and um, 
you know, at least be somewhat welcoming um, to almost any audience. I get it. You want to be, you know, you, you want to talk to and communicate to your target audience. But looking at this, though, I don't know that it necessarily speaks to a specific audience either. I feel like everything they've done in terms of design and what I imagine their like writing style is like is on brand. Actually, I feel like, I mean, when it comes to Gawker, it's a bit of an odd name, isn't it? And it's very like, uh, just the whole vibe of it. I can't, I can't explain what it is, but the whole vibe of it seems to very much fit together. But I yeah, don't think yes. that fits in with the kind of stuff that you'd be interested in reading. So I can understand why you're looking at this just like, what's going on? And then in terms of being welcoming, I feel like that sort of would definitely go against the Gawker brand. And I think right, a lot of brands really right. try to lean into like not being as welcoming or like not fitting into that classic mold because that attracts that group of people that Certain demo. really just want to be away from that. Because it's like a rebellious teenager vibe. Yeah, Is that's that... true. But like also trying to be like a high-end editorial kind of thing, which is a weird mix. Yes. Like very yes. artsy and yeah, brutalist, as you said before, that whole vibe. Yeah, I wonder though. In comparison, like there's Womankind magazine, which I think is, um, see, this is what I'm talking about. I mean, this is a bit, this is maybe a bit more in the opposite direction for me, but um, I'm just trying to think of sort of comparison sites. Um, yeah, I mean, I think to pedestrian TV, like that's something that I definitely um, consume myself, and I think I mean the whole publication is aimed at um, millennial kind of people, I suppose. Um, this is probably slightly more mainstream. I think they were bought by like Channel 9 or Channel 7 or something, so they've kind of come back into the main, but they're very much like sarcastic headlines and they lean on like memes and writing style is very much like swear words and batchy recaps and stuff like that. That's kind of trash, but then they also get some like really hard-hitting stuff as well. Right, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of pedestrian... Um... Again, doesn't, yeah, I'm, I'm not loving that when I hover, I, I can't, there's no, it's not reacting to my mouse. Like it's showing me that it's clickable, but it's not necessarily, it almost looks, no, let's, let's not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, I don't want to offend, but, um, I will offend about this. I just don't know what's going on. I think I agree with you, Kelsey. It's got a certain aesthetic. It's hitting that aesthetic really well, but you know, I don't know that I've, maybe, maybe there's it's a market. It's not for you. It's, it's definitely not for me. Yeah. Um, but you know, from what I could tell, they've hired sort of a new team. They've been purchased by another company recently. So maybe this is all part of that, this rebrand, um, even the use of sort of almost meme photography, um, within, mm-hmm. within their articles. Um, and I've got to say, like looking at this, I I feel like they definitely run the risk of it becoming outdated quickly. Not that it's like in date or whatever, but you know, at some point this is not going to appeal to even their demographic, I feel like, fairly soon and they're going to have to be updating it quite frequently to keep on top of the latest trends of website design because it's very much in that brutalist trend that we talked about and there's a lot of websites that follow the same kind of design, but I think it'll become outdated pretty quickly. Yeah, de- definitely. They're like this, because this is very much like on trend, and they're going to have to do something about it um, if they um, want to stay relevant moving forward. But um, yeah, that that's a that's an interesting way to finish up this uh, 
this episode. Um, was there anything else you wanted to mention or talk about before we wrapped up, Kelsey? Um, nothing that springs to mind. I feel like I've got everything out that I need to get out. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, on that note, um, thank you for listening to this episode. Links for to everything that we talked about um, in the description. Um, and um, I think we're ready to roll the outro. Yeah, we'll catch you guys next episode.